You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin, and today we're going to be talking about an incredible actor, lifetime of work, an inspiration to many, Sidney Poitier, a documentary on Apple TV, upgrade your phones, get a free month or something, <laughs> called Sidney. Now, this documentary goes over his life of work between the 50s to... Uh, his departure from this world, his death. Uh, <laughs> to be very to specific, he wasn't an astronaut or anything. Yeah, he didn't, didn't like leave the planet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I am not a poet. Sidney Poitier didn't die. He just went back to his people. I, I'm glad we're clear on the lifespan <laughs> of the, that this documentary covers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he speaks so eloquently, and his words always contain such beautiful undertones of I can do anything with my life if I just assert myself and be kind. Even if you ask him what time it is, I swear he'd have like this beautiful response that the poets would praise for ages. Oh, don't be sarcastic about Sidney Poitier. I'm Bradley. not being sarcastic. That sounded pretty I... genuine to me. I was going to say Poitier is the only guy who can make you cry. If you ask him the time. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Like, wow, I know something about myself now having asked. Uh, Melina, there's there, never enough time. <laughs> yeah. Time is the thing that we all <laughs> lack. But if you do have, you know, I'm trying to come up with a, an inspirational speech, and I can't. But, you know, it's just up to you to do what you can with the time you just have. A classic But, line. yeah, I mean, yeah. to Bradley's point, I mean, this is a guy who was born on a tiny little island. I mean, the Cat Islands in the Bahamas. I know exactly one other famous person from the Cat Islands, which is Exuma, uh, the also passed away uh, uh, artist. But... Sidney Poitier is like this guy who came from poverty, a large family, you know, lived on an island without electricity, without running water, never seen things like cars or mirrors. Eventually he moves uh, to a, a big, to the Nassau, one of the bigger islands, and then eventually to Florida and then to New York where he becomes an actor. And the journey this guy has been on uh, is just extraordinary considering his very, very humble beginnings. Yeah, humble. I was like, that was an understatement. I think, yeah, the first time that I welled up, which was one of many, he was a, a young kid, sure. But yeah, he not only had he never seen a car before or a mirror, he had no concept of what either of them were. And I was like, God, that's eye opening. Um, except I can't see through my tears. So, you know, <laughs> I think what's even more like um, in terms of not having concepts of, of um, things like cars or mirrors, the, the fact he didn't, he didn't have a concept of race um coming from where he came from and to come to florida and have such a rude awakening to say the least and that story with the policeman was just so so harrowing how that how that could not inform the man who he was and the artist he was 
It was just unbelievable. Well, I'm going to introduce us <laughs> before we get any further to talk about this documentary directed by Reginald Hudlin and uh, written by Jesse James Miller and with a lot of people who love Sydney uh, speaking about him. Uh, as, as you know, uh, my name's Bradley and with me I have a, a you know, a future Oprah's book club novelist with us, Frank. That is not going to happen. I don't know where he got that from. I have no interest in novel writing whatsoever, <laughs> but I am Frank, so you did get that right. It's a, it's just a compliment. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. Sure. It's been a long day. <laughs> and, you know, someone who has absolutely no conflict about Tony Curtis and the train, Melina's with us. No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, nailing these, the, Bradley. <laughs> yeah, apparently half the people in Hollywood do, uh, do, so I'm sure they're like, what the hell? I mean, I would have left his ass there. Yeah, and someone who has conflict with letting Tony Curtis on the train, uh, Marcos is with us. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So Sydney's talking about how they didn't think he would live. He was a preemie baby, and his father brought in a shoebox for a coffin, and his mother refused to accept that this uh, newborn wasn't going to make it. And, well, you know the rest. He did survive spoilers <laughs> way to bury the lead there brad yeah the, the very first moments of breath that this baby took life was all like oh buddy nothing will ever be easy for you so here we go and it just kind of builds from there into this amazing life lived how did y'all feel about the talking heads though and his own personal stories was this all fluff or did you get some knowledge from it some inspiration i don't know if i'd call it fluff per se i mean i i, I it's it's what you expect you know, everyone here is gushing about him what really makes it special is how profoundly affected they are by him how they were each influenced by him and you get that in other documentaries too but i think there's something special about the way he touched everybody that's brought up, brought in to be interviewed. Um, it feels a little bit more raw uh, yeah. and more emotional. I mean, for God's sake, you see Oprah cry in this thing. Worth the price of admission. Doesn't let herself cry on camera that often. <laughs> yeah, it is. Worth the price of subscription. Yeah, it definitely is. But uh, I think that's what really sets it apart from the Talking Heads is that how moved everybody was by him. And that's not just because of how much he personally affected all of these people he came into contact with, which he's one of those people who, when you believe, when you hear these people just say nothing but wonderful, glowing things about him, you see through the course of this documentary exactly why he's earned that, why no one has anything bad to say about him. But it's also so affecting to see these talking heads, people like, you know, uh, Denzel Washington and Oprah Winfrey, uh, Louis Gossett Jr., Halle Berry, Quincy Jones, Harry Belafonte, all these people who not only loved him throughout the course of his life, but like they were able to pave careers themselves so much of uh, due to what he was able to do in the time that he became, that he was an actor because he was the first black leading man who had a really a career the size that he did. He himself describes it as a very lonely feeling because at one level, on one hand, he is somehow representing all of black them to, you know, a white audience and to a black audience, he's kind of has to be this sort of exemplary figure who's representing them correctly. And, 
you know, that was a huge burden. He had the privilege of being the first, but with that privilege comes an enormous uh, burden and loneliness. And yet you see, as all these testimonials uh, state, that he paved the way for all of them to have careers. So we're lucky that, you know, there was going to be somebody was going to have to do it first. And, you know, we're lucky that it was someone uh, with as much integrity as Sidney Poitier. I like this documentary ultimately, but I pardon me wishes that there was also a documentary separate or not about that was solely focused on him and Harry Belafonte's friendship because I just found the two of them and their you know the trajectory of their careers and their their just their life paths um and the bond that they shared very interesting um and anytime with a documentary focus on the two of them i uh, I, w- I was i was pretty i was pretty riveted i gotta yeah. say roller coaster of a relationship too right and right. yeah they don't shy away from talking about the positives like the highs of that relationship as well as the the lows like them not speaking to each other for years at a time i mean they're definitely you can definitely see that they're best friends with all that includes including moments of you know rivalry of of bitterness of you know good-humored uh, uh, teasing of one another and sometimes the teasing uh, hides more than a little bit of bitterness but yeah, ultimately, I think everybody just comes to reconcile uh, with Sidney Poitier. I mean, even his kids and his uh, uh, his first wife uh, seem to have forgiven him for an affair that broke up his marriage very publicly. Uh, that's the one moment where I'm like, okay, where are you going to go with this? Because like Frank was saying, is this going to be, you know, like the polished, you know, fluff piece or, you know, are they, it's not a warts and all. You're not going to find every horrible skeleton in this man's closet. But it presents him, you know, as not perfect either, even though he very often had to pretend to be perfect. I mean, Jesus Christ, look what happens to Will Smith, who was kind of in the same boat. He's like, he's the exemplary guy. He's the black guy that doesn't scare white Americans, but he slaps one dude. <laughs> Standing up for his wife, and now all of a sudden he's canceled. So, but Sidney Poitier, Poitier never that. had the yeah. option. Well he, well, he did that on <laughs> camera. He did it on he camera. Did it on camera. <laughs> the slap heard around the world. Yes, it is. And that's a slap you should cheer for. Yeah, and I, I, I love that moment so much. Mm-hmm. I love that moment in cinema so much in that film. Oh, yeah. It's so powerful. Oh. And I really love that they take moments like that and actually really delve into how significant they were at the time and why they still are. I mean, you think about that moment, and this is something I didn't know. That slap or him slapping the plantation owner back, such an iconic moment of history, yeah. not in the original script. Poitier at that time had become a big enough actor to where when he read the original scene, he was like, I don't like the way that this guy just takes it and walks away. It's not what I would, that's not what I would do. And at that point, he had enough influence to say, all right, no, you need to change it. You need to make it so that this guy will slap back. If he's attacked, he will protect himself. And that moment they talk about it, how so many people saw that in the theater and what an effect it had on them. Yeah, I mean, in 1967, a black man defending himself was considered radical. But do you know know what? I I feel like I got more from... um, They have this one commentator uh, over and over again who's like, he's a biographer on Sidney Poitier. And I think for me, he was the only talking head that I just, that when he came on, I was like, oh God, you're you're just here to keep the calendar moving. 
I really didn't, and he does provide analysis on a lot of um, the the scenes that are shown from the his selected filmography in in this documentary. But I feel like I got way more like I got way more hearing Spike Lee and Morgan Freeman talking about those moments than than that one guy. So I think if there's one like one element of the documentary of which I didn't really didn't really gel with me. Um, it had to be that that scholar, that biographer, and not 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 that he didn't, you know, they, he's well versed in Poitiers, um, you know. If there's a Michelle Pfeiffer documentary, I hope somebody calls me. But you know, <laughs> but the guy who came with uh, yeah facts and biographical information as opposed to his own personal feelings on the subject. Yeah, here's what makes this documentary so good, in my opinion. You have a documentary where you have all of these people talking about how much they love this person, how impactful he was on their lives, how inspirational he was. And sooner or later, the anecdote really becomes about them and their journey and their career. What we have here, we're so lucky that Poirier himself participated in the making of this documentary. He passed away earlier this year. So it's a real gift to have him on screen telling his own story because... Really, no one else could have done it better. Well, Marco, Marco, he's not telling it for this documentary. That's footage from Oprah's Masterclass, which is a series, and she used it in this documentary. I thought um, it was something that predated the... I mean, I knew it was shot a while back, but I didn't realize yeah. it predated it quite that bit. So thank you for yeah. that. No, no, but, no worries. Like I said, it, you know, nobody could tell it better. And when you have someone who's such a captivating storyteller as Sidney Poitier, I mean... You don't need anyone else to narrate your story when you've got Sidney Poitier on involved. Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, just listening to him in the beginning telling the story like you were alluding to earlier, Frank, him having to deal with these cops upon him arriving in Florida. I rem- I was simultaneously terrified watching that, but I was also fascinated. I found that I was leaning so far forward, especially because they had the camera right in his face as he's telling that story. And he he speak he speaks about it in such a a very frank but really beautiful way that you're just like God I could listen to this guy talk for hours and you're right Marco I'm so glad that he really is, that this so much of this despite all the talking heads we've mentioned um, that so much of this is in his words it's so much more powerful and effective that way. Well, what's really powerful is final thoughts. I knew that. I knew that I was knew. going. I knew it, Bradley. Bradley Martin, <laughs> master of the segue. <laughs> I would like you all to give your final thoughts and then maybe uh, maybe pitch your favorite Poitier performance, if you would. I have, Mine is very limited, I noticed, watching this documentary. So, uh, Marco, if you'd start for us, please. Sure. I mean, as I said earlier, this is a very important figure in the history of American cinema, the Ameri- in the history of black culture, in the history of the civil rights movement and Hollywood. And, you know, we didn't even touch on the fact that at some point Poitier steps away from being, you know, a star. He kind of takes on less roles, but he starts moving more behind the scenes as a director and producer and bringing more people into the industry. He's not just a shining exemplary figure. He was a guy who put the ladder down so others could follow up behind him. And that's such, you know, part of what makes his story so inspirational and important to remember. Every time I see a documentary like this, like George Carlin's uh, American Dream or Won't You Be My Neighbor or 
inmate number one, Ryzen of Danny Trejo, I, I always give them very high scores. They tend to be the only things I give like nine and a half or tens to. And that's no different here because it feels definitive. There've been other Poitier documentaries. There may be more, but this is the only one you need. I doubt you'll ever get a better documentary on this particular human being than the one we got here. If you have Apple Plus, I highly recommend you watch it. It is uh, well worth your time. I give this 10 out of 10 reading lessons in a Jewish deli. That's wonderful. That's a beautiful story. What was your movie, Marco? What was your favorite performance or movie? You know, that's a tough one, but it's probably going to have to come back to In the Heat of the Night. Just, again, the slap around, heard around the world or the They Call Me Mr. Tibbs. I mean, those are just iconic moments. Absolutely. Frank, if you would, please. Uh, this really is just, it's its pretty standard from a technical standpoint, but it doesn't matter because when your subject is so captivating, uh, so iconic and so amazing to the point where, where, where you, like Molina, like start to tear up at, you know, the man he was and the way he, he, so, he, he so visibly affects people today. It, it makes this just sublime it it really is you know it it, it does make you it, it does make you mourn even more than you did back in january at the fact that, that we no longer have him even though he was retired and secluded and you know was suffering from you know, memory memory loss and alzheimer's and what have you um it, it it's still a sadder world without him in it and uh but um this documentary really really hammers home the point that you know we had him and his mark is indelible and um uh you know the change that he affected through his art even inadvertently you know can't can't be taken away so i uh i gotta give this i'm gonna give this nine out of ten uh times that i would like to get barbara streisand to talk about me in a documentary i mean geez she shouldn't show up for just anybody gosh um and my favorite cd poitier uh, performance and movie it's gonna be um even though he's um you know it's it's really like a four-hander it's guess who's coming to dinner oh, um because yeah. it's really is more than i think the other uh films for me i felt it more of him straddling the two lines between crossing over into this a white world i guess you could say and you know being confronted by the the the, the world he did come from at the same time, and trying to justify where you know, that he's just following his instincts, and um, uh, yeah, it's my favorite. Watch it, kids. It's not Marvel. You need to look it up. And don't watch Guess Who, the horrible remake with Ashton Kutcher. Oh, please don't watch that. <laughs> Gosh. I am medically qualified to tell you that if you don't sit down, you will fall down. Um, I absolutely loved this documentary. I think that. You know, you posed this question at the beginning, Brad, is it fluff? I absolutely don't think so. I can see some people trying to throw that word at this because it is a very positive documentary. This is not trying to dig up dirt on him. The more scandalous aspects of Poitier's life are touched on, but I think just enough. Just enough so that they acknowledge them honestly, but they don't try to sully the man's image. I think the reason I feel that is because this documentary, I think the reason it works as well as it does is because it succeeds at showing the portrait, of not just the portrait of a life, but the portrait of an extraordinary life that as the minutes roll on, you realize just how much of a groundbreaker this person was. 
You know, he changed the industry forever in the best way. And there were points in his career where he was not recognized for that. I do love that this goes into some of the uh, aspects of his life and career that I was not as familiar with. His directorial career, which he kind of just stumbled into. It was something that he did out of necessity, and then it turned out he was actually pretty darn good at it. And I had no idea that he started a production company. So I learned so much. I learned a lot, much more than I was expecting. But what I think that this does best is that by the end of it, you're just like, God, this world is better because of this person. It's better that we had him as a performer. The film industry is better. But also, there are so many careers that would never have happened. Like, they never would have hoped to have happened without him. That, to me, was what I loved and what I took and what I walked away with. I couldn't even really think about the filmmaking aspects of it as I was watching. And I think that's my favorite thing that a documentary can do, is just make me focus on the person and not what's going on behind the camera. Not to, I dare you not to tear up at the end. Um, and I give this I give this 10 out of 10 good hard slaps in the face that just feels so damn good. <laughs> Is that your favorite? Um, I don't have a favorite. I think that, uh, I will say this, I think a movie that he doesn't get enough credit for is A Patch of Blue. I actually watched that after I got done with this. I love A Patch of Blue. Timeless performance. Wonderful. There's so many performances that you watch from that that era and you're like, yeah, you know, it's dated by today's standards. No one acts like that anymore. But you watch and I'm like, this is a great performance if it were made today. Love it. Everyone go watch that movie if you haven't seen it. Well, my final thoughts pretty much echo all of yours. Uh, Marco, you hit the nail on the head listening to Denzel talk about how great his career was and how the symmetry of how much he loved Poitier. When he won his Oscar, of course, they give Poitier an Oscar on the same night. (laughs) And it's a good laugh. But also, what a wonderful tribute that those men were to each other towards the end of his career. The scandalous stuff didn't even really seem that scandalous. It almost just seemed like, you know, that's life. Yeah. Which, too bad. They should have smeared him a little bit. Kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, Bradley. You're too nice. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that the quote-unquote magical Negro trope came from a film that he was criticized from being in. But the way that the film then dissects that choice was really interesting as well. So I'm not going to echo too much of what you all said because you all hit it very well. So I'm just going to give this a 10 out of 10. Also, incredible stage performances that I had no idea even existed out of 10. And my favorite, of course, of course, it's in the heat of the night. I bonded with my mother-in-law over that film. We were sitting around. My wife was out doing her second shift. This was like three, four years ago. I was like, so you like movies? Do you like any noirs? And she kind of looks at me and she says, we're watching In the Heat of the Night right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, we've been really close friends watching obscure old movies ever since. So I love that. That that one has a lot more personal weight for me than a lot of his others. But I'm going to be happy to, as this film went through a ton of his work, uh, to dive into some points I've never even seen before. There's some that this this documentary didn't even touch on. There's one with him and Bobby Darren where he plays a prison psychologist, and Bobby Darren is like a sort of like a um, a white supremacist, and it's called a pressure point or something. It's, it's so explosive, and oh my gosh, there's one where he's like a a suicide hotline operator, and Anne Bancroft is uh, 
someone that calls him in. It's, it's Sidney Pollock's directorial debu- debut called oh, The Slender wow. Thread. I mean, when did they yeah. make that? Because didn't she present that the best uh, the best actor award to him at the Academy Awards, and she is just glowing with pride? Like, did they that do that before? Two, no, it was two years later. Oh, okay. It was, it was two years later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, wealth of, wealth of films. Oh yeah, 